Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is winning season at MyBookie. Use promo code GATERS on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC and at Gators Breakdown. Coming at you right here on a hey, little Gators Breakdown after dark Saturday night. Uh, oh, hey, I guess it's technically Sunday now. Here we are, midnight, around midnight. Coming at you the, the after uh, 39. 36 overtime win for Arkansas coming to the swamp and hey, just put it on Florida. <laughs> I mean, look, we knew this team was going to be physical. We knew um, that's just kind of their MO. But man, oh man, they, did, they, they put it on Florida, especially late game situation. Hey, there's plenty to get into on this one. Uh, just inexcusable loss in so many angles. Uh, I think you go that route with it. I know a lot of you have went that route with it. Uh, I'll go there with you too. Uh, inexcusable loss. So look, I thought it would be a tough game for Florida. This is the way Arkansas was played. You know, the record two and six coming in, but I think we knew, you know, Florida's not going to blow many teams out this year. Arkansas has played a lot of teams tough this year. This was going to be a tough Tough game for the Gators. We're hoping it'd be a tough victory for the Gators, but it did not end up that way. And there's plenty to talk about. There's a lot of storylines with this game and the way it played out. So I know you don't like the result, everybody, but hit that like button right here on the YouTube version. Subscribe on YouTube as well if you haven't done so yet or your favorite podcast platform if you're catching a replay on the podcast. And then GatorsBreakdown.com. You get a game summary there. Billy Napier's thoughts after the game where he discusses patience a little bit and it's not his job for, uh, you know, to cater to the fans' patience. So it was an interesting comment after the game. 
and, and then, of course, uh, Graham Mertz and Ricky Pierce all spoke after the game as well. You can find those transcripts right there at GatorsBreakdown.com. And, of course, the Discord on Gators Breakdown Plus. Uh, going, going, going crazy a little bit today uh, with, with, with what happened in a crazy game. It followed the game. So, <laughs> oh, not, there, uh, not, a, not a lot of good, great, positive conversation going on there. But, guys, you can take parts and chats like that. You get access to the Discord, extra episodes, ad-free episodes, a newsletter, Q&A sessions right there. Link is in the description to join Gators Breakdown Plus. All right, so let's get to it. Gators now 5-4 and four on the season. That one hurts because, hey, you were looking at this game to get bowl eligible for the Gators or what you have coming up with the rest of the season, of course. We talked about that a whole lot, but now you're looking at your second straight loss, 39-36 to this Arkansas team coming into the swamp with two wins. Inexcusable loss. Uh, and look, Unreal, I think you go two weeks ago, some of us, myself included, was thinking this Florida team could go to Jacksonville and give Georgia a game. And now here we are two weeks later, and we're talking about a loss to Arkansas. I mean, okay, Uh, maybe get a little too excited after that South Carolina win. Uh, But look, you know, kind of off the hills of Georgia, even before Georgia, this Game here was a better barometer, and now you're kind of going towards the these type of games here. Whatever progression, whatever good feelings you had about this team, well, it's pretty much subsided now. Um, the real barometer was Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Florida State coming up. Well, you know, maybe not. Maybe it was just Arkansas. Uh, and certainly, we knew it wasn't Georgia. We knew that wasn't a barometer. If we were using that as a barometer, okay, we got our answer. We're nowhere close to Georgia. We know that. But you were supposed to bounce back. You were supposed to use the South Carolina win, the bye week. Okay, maybe go give Georgia a game, but use that as a springboard for the rest of the season. And we were looking at this game. We circled this game for a little while now. No, okay, we're probably not going to beat Georgia, but you got to turn around and, and bounce back after that with a tough way to end the season. And uh, that's not what happened. Florida... Didn't show up from the start. Thankfully, fought back to make it a game. But um, hey, let's start. Let's just start right here. Razorbacks entered the game dead last in the SEC in total offense at 306 yards a game. Haven't cracked 400 yards of offense since week four versus LSU. And here we go against the Gators. Arkansas finished with season highs in total offense with 481 yards. And 226 rushing yards. That's a season high. And 8 of 18, 8 of 18 on third down. So, of course, KJ Jefferson, season high for him, 92 yards, uh, despite being sacked five times uh, and completed 20 of 31 passes for 255 yards. Uh, and he combined for all three of Arkansas's touchdowns. So, look, thought it was going to be a tough game. I didn't see a loss given the Arkansas situation. Offense, I, it wasn't changing my mind based on the injuries for Florida, given that you were going against a first-time play caller with an offense that was struggling, an offensive line that was struggling. Um, but I guess Florida's defense is just a magic elixir uh, right now. When you want to get right, uh, play this Florida defense right now. Um, so instead of Florida using this for a get-right game, it was Arkansas who used this as a get-right game. Florida's defense just looks soft, look weak. 
I expected a slow start. I warned uh, against it, given, and look, I, I think a lot of you probably did too, you know, given the change Arkansas was coming in with, okay, they'd probably catch Florida off guard a bit. Um, but at the same time, I laid it out in the preview. They were telling us everything they were changing. They were telling us everything they were going to do. They were moving the pocket with KJ Jefferson. Well, they did that a lot. They were going to go tempo. Right? They did that too. They were going to start using his legs a little bit more. All those things they put out there in the media, all those things they told us were going to happen, that they were going to implement into this offense. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Just get her defense. Even favorable, down, distance situations. Still couldn't capitalize. Just beat up front. Just beat in tackling situations. Both lines of scrimmage for Florida just do not seem all that strong. And a bad Arkansas offensive line just took control. K.J. Jefferson just took control. A running back coming back just took control. So the weird thing about this, Arkansas hit season highs, right? Well, Florida's defense finally got sacks. Five sacks. That was a season high. Six tackles for loss. You know what? That was a season high, too. And the first forced two turnovers, that tied a season high, and you still found a way to lose. <laughs> you did some good things on defense, but it didn't matter. This game is funny sometimes. This game is funny sometimes. Bounce back after a first bad drive. Arkansas's first drive goes 75 yards. They only had 75 yards the rest of the first half. And then they go on to gain 331 yards in the second half, take the game to overtime. Defense gives up two passes, two pass plays of 45 yards, 48 yards, and both of those on third down. So the third down defense was something you'd been able to hang your hat on just a bit this season. Not here. 45-yard gain, 48-yard gain. Just really the explosives we've talked about all year with this defense that they continue to give up. Well, you gave them up on third down. You gave them up in critical situations this time. Good, bad scenario here. Scooby Williams was the best linebacker on the field. Uh, but inconsistent at best, and just really fell off completely late in the game. Not very instinctual for the position, not a true linebacker, missing Shamar James. Uh, but, you know, look, he has to play there now. Um, and the a group as a whole really struggles with coverage. That was apparent against Arkansas and what they were doing. They still have trouble, you know, playing gaps there. Um, but, you know, I thought Scooby, I would have put in an okay performance until, you know, late game, till late fourth quarter, overtime. But you could tell, of course, young guys were out there on defense. But just given the situation Arkansas was in. Like, I know Sapp was out. Jackson was out. But this was an offensive line that was playing pretty bad. And, hey, look, bye week worked out for him. I'm not going to chalk it all up to youth being out there on defense. Hey, look, and I know a lot of people want to throw Austin Armstrong under the bus. And, you know, for the way the season is going, that's probably, you know, some criticisms there. When When it's this bad for a trend now, it's players and coaching. 
But if we're going to sit here and count missed tackles and missed tackles and missed tackles, and a lot of those closer to the line of scrimmage, he's got the players in position. They got to make a play. They got to make a tackle. Your DBs in the back end have got to make plays on the ball. When there's 50-50 balls. Or how about just not eight guys wide, run wide open? You know, but for the most part, I, I see guys in position. They're not making plays. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And then the big one, you know, defense. Uh, I started there just because Arkansas's offense, not all too great coming into the game. Some season highs on defenses that did that just turned into season highs for Arkansas. Didn't matter. But now we got to go move forward, and ultimately, ultimately, what caused Florida this game late? Oh, the special teams blunders continue. My good buddy Nick Delatore, he was in the comment section here earlier before we go live, and he and I were talking during the game, and he gets the mic and asks Billy Napier about all these special teams issues, and. I kind of get it around with him to begin with. Uh, there was going to be a lot of deflection there, and it started out that way. But special teams blunders, hey, they continue once again. Mishandled snap, failed extra point, so you're chasing points in a way. And then late in the game, driving for a game-winning field goal, just have to snap the ball, spike the ball, stop the clock. But as the offense is trying to do that, with eight seconds remaining in regulation, the field goal unit is trying to run onto the field. Well, they get off, Florida spikes it. But the field goal unit running onto the team resulted in a illegal substitution for Florida. And thankfully, the clock stopped on a first down, so the clock wasn't running. I figured it was about to be run off, and then it would have been 10 times worse than what we saw. It was still pretty bad. Um, but Florida gets there anyway, but it's five yards deeper now. And then, okay, you know, turns a 39-yard game-winning field goal into a 44-yarder. Field goal's missed. Florida could have won it right there. Didn't need to go to overtime, but hey, now Florida's got to go overtime. If that exact same kick had been made at 39 yards, it probably goes in. The five yards did hurt. If the kick is exactly the same. But also, if there's no helter-skelter moment, if they don't look discombobulated, well, maybe the whole situation is just a little calmer. And Trace Mack goes out there and calm, cool, collected, just makes a kick. But you got so much discombobulation going on. And sidelines going crazy, trying to get people on the field, off the field. Got offensive players on the field trying to shove away. I mean, it was unreal. Unreal. One more special teams issues that have just added up since the very first game of the season this year. Oh, well, here's another one. You know, Napier shared after the game that the 
Gators use a one-word cue on their sideline to bring their field goal unit on in short clock situations. One player wrongly thought he heard the command, according to the, his coach, and he took the field. And then his, some of his teammates followed. Napier said, we have a scenario where we would run the field goal team on the field. A player felt like he had heard that specific word in that scenario. We have a player that's in charge of that, and he did it. Ultimately, the players around him followed him. Okay. Don't necessarily know why there's so much involvement from a player there, but okay. Um, and while you're you know, not taught better scenario on the sideline, you know, a dead look at a coach, a coach making sure. But, hey, look, if that was a one-off thing, oh, I mean, in that situation, it still hurts. But to add that to everything else we've seen, inexcusable. Inexcusable. And remember, Arkansas had called a timeout before the play to Boardingham to get in that position. So Florida had plenty of time to talk the situation over with. Plenty of time. Should have known what to do. And you probably should be practicing this situation a lot of times anyway. This is not a unique situation. I don't care what's said in postgame. This is not unique. You practice these, or you should be practicing these type of moments a lot. You work on speeding up, getting the ball downfield, spiking the ball, getting your field goal team on. Just one more litany of errors in the special teams department without a dedicated special teams coach or any hardly kind of reworking that makes a difference. And then speaking of timeouts, Florida had to waste timeouts in the second half. Could have helped themselves late by not being in so much of a hurry. Maybe you have timeouts there to burn. So your helter skelter moment doesn't have to happen. But no, let's just continue to make special team errors this time late in the game to cause a crazy scenario moment and 39-yard field goal turns into a 44-yard field goal. Oh, sigh, sigh, sigh. And yeah, it was... When Florida beat Tennessee, you know, I had the moniker going out there, Dummy Dave. Yeah, how could you, how could you pick Florida to lose to Tennessee? Well, now, I, now after last couple of weeks, I'm going with Depressed Dave. That's where we're at right now. Depressed Dave. It ain't, it ain't Dummy Dave anymore. It's Depressed Dave. And the way it's looking, I'm going to be depressed for the next three, four weeks. <laughs> Hopefully there's a surprise out there. But that's where we're going right now. Depressed Dave. Hey, there's plenty more to get into. Plenty more to get into. We'll go to the offense here in just a second. Hey, guys. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you the tools to win like my bookie. At my bookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. And plus, my bookie has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Just use promo code Gators on your first deposit to receive up to $200 in cash. That's promo code Gators to claim your own cash bonus now. 
Shout out to my bookie Moneybag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot, uh, long shot odds right now at my bookie. So, guys, what are you waiting for? Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only at my bookie. All right, well, let's go to the offense here, and I'll, I'll, I'll go with the, the good stuff there first. Eugene Wilson, Trey Wilson, posted his first career multi-touchdown game, finishing with two touchdowns, setting a career high with 90 receiving yards on eight catches, became the first true freshman receiver at Florida to record multiple touchdowns in a contest since Riley Cooper recorded three versus Western Carolina in 2006. For the second week in a row, led Florida in receptions with eight. Now has 45 receptions, 416 yards. Four receiving touchdowns as well. That's tied for a team high. Trevor Etienne, 12 carries, 80 yards. One touchdown. Florida's down 30-26. Took a short pass, 41-yard gain. Very next play, finds the end zone, 26-yard run. Big play late. I wonder if Florida had scored too fast. Apparently so. But, hey, Florida was down. You need the points. You get points any way you can get them. But I bring those two guys up. I wanted to bring the positive that, that, that they did. Uh, but there was a stretch early in the second quarter, late third quarter, where Florida's offense had six possessions. Punted five times instead of four field goal. The middle eight somewhere in there, that one field goal, Florida, you know, you had a possession late in the first half, early second half, and you only got three points out of it. Basically, back-to-back possessions. So, I thought Florida got away from the run too much. But ETN, I just gave you his numbers, what he did. We all saw what he did. He had two total carries in the second and third quarters. I just gave you what Florida did in those second and third quarters. Six possessions, punted five times. And ETN had two total carries. Wilson had three catches in the second quarter and not one in the third quarter. So it was obvious right there, the offense is struggling. Six drives in a row where they're not doing much. And your two best playmakers on offense are not getting the ball. Look, I know Montreal Johnson. I've defended him. I've, he's done. He does a lot of. He's a, the best pass blocker out there. But hey, when you've got to, when you've got to have a play, we know where you got to go. We know where you got to go. And for those guys not to have much of an impact because they weren't getting the ball, not even on the field. For a lot of the second and third quarter, that's got to raise some eyebrows. We'll go to quarterback Graham Mertz, mostly off in this one. One of his worst games, 26 of 42, 282, three touchdowns. I mean, three touchdowns stand out, of course. But if you look at it, two of 12, two of 12 on passes, 15 plus yards, two of 12. Got 51 yards out of those. Hey, 12 of 14 on passes at or behind the line of scrimmage for 103 yards. 8 of 10 for 65 yards on passes 1 to 5 yards. 
7 of 9 for 82 yards in the 5 to 14 range. But again, 2 of 12 on passes 15 plus yards. Really struggling to go down the field in this game. Engineered a good fourth quarter. Got the offense in position for that game-winning field goal. And I tell you what, that first touchdown pass to Wilson, that's one of, if not the best throws I've seen him make. It was a tiny little window, the angle we had in the, in the press box. I mean, it was just boom right there. You could see the angle. You could see just where he had to fit it in right there in the, uh, right there in the end zone for the first touchdown. Really good throw. Looking at the team one more time, let's say credit for them guys fighting back. I mean, 14-0, it did not look good. 14-0, it looked bad. It looked sad. It looked like, I mean, look, Arkansas was come out. They were ready to play from the get-go. Hey, look, maybe a better start. You win this game. And if you're in the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord, you know, I say it a lot. The game really starts, you know, personally for me after the first drives. And teams settle in. But in close games, scenarios, you'd love to have. A great start. Get up on Arkansas. Hey, they're 14 nothing. That might have won the game for him. You know, Ricky Pearsall and uh, not really characteristic of him turnover, um, holding the ball out a little bit too much. And Arkansas gets it. And look, they march down the field in their first offense possession. Very first play for Florida's offense goes for a Arkansas touchdown. I mean, you're down 14 nothing. Fault back 14 14. Games over. I mean, game games reset at that point. You're at home. Crowd's getting into it somewhat. You know, noon game. You could really tell. Crowd was subdued. Didn't really get much of the swamp effect till like fourth quarter, and then we see it didn't really do all that much. So, but you know, fought back. Got it. I mean, could have could have laid down. Could have laid down. I mean, I you know. When Florida ultimately loses loses this game, it ends up not mattering too much. If Florida wins, of course, we go back to the beginning and, hey, way to fight. But, I mean, you, you give them credit for fighting back anyway. And then after that, you know, trading blows. Trading blows all throughout. Gets to overtime. Florida does not do anything in overtime whatsoever. Does not move the ball. You get Arkansas in a first and 20. A first and 20. Like I said, you had plenty of favorable down and distant situations for this defense in the late games. Third downs, let them convert. Then you get first and 20 in overtime, and he runs for 20 yards. Breaking tackles, breaking arm tackles. I mean, your quarterback looked tougher. K.J. Jefferson looked tougher than almost any defensive lineman Florida had in the fourth quarter, late game. More physical than any linebacker Florida had. I mean, you had guys coming up making plays. Throughout the game, as I I said, Scooby was going to have to have a big game. That was even before Shamar went out. He was going to have to have a big game with a running quarterback, a quarterback that was going to be on the move. You had your safeties coming up and making some plays as well, close to the line of scrimmage. But when it really counted, it was Arkansas moving forward. Arkansas breaking tackles. But their offense rebounds, first-time play caller. First time play a caller comes in the swamp. Couldn't tell it was his first time play caller at all. And Guyton comes in. First time he's calling plays. 
told us last week what they were going to do, and they came in and done it. But yeah, there's a lot of questions as far as moving forward. And I get it out there. Had a lot of conversations. You know, these noon games, you go back, you catch you, catch your tailgate a little bit. A lot of people still on campus. A lot of people still awake because it's not an away game or, you know, a night game and all that kind of stuff. So you had a lot of conversation. And I hear you out there. Been on social media all day. Talk to people. Like, and I get it. It's hard to hard to be patient when the continual coaching issues show up and when Florida is losing these these games against perceived worst teams or teams you're supposed to beat when you're supposed to be showing progress in year two. At this point in the season, showing progress. And we thought we were getting that. Thought we were getting that with the big come-from-behind victory against South Carolina. I go play Georgia tough. Go beat Arkansas. Neither one happened. You know, I feel, I, I personally, I feel better. And I know a lot of you would after talking to some of you that I feel better if it feel like, you know, coming from the sidelines help this team, but it doesn't. You know, if this team is going to rely on young players, if this team is going to rely on roster turnover, well, that means the coaching, the coaching decisions, all the operational parts of football need to be top-notch. I don't think the coaching, the coaching staff, the operational is helping the players on the field all that much. They're not. We see all these issues. We see all these procedural issues, special teams issues. They're not helping a young team. I'll be the first to admit, yeah, this team is young. It's not, it's not every, that's not the excuse for what we're seeing out there. It's not every excuse. The coaches can do a better job. Strength and conditioning can do a better job. This team does not look physical whatsoever. Does not look strong whatsoever. And that was before today. Starting to trend that way, but it's, it's coming to a head right now. When you play a team like Arkansas that's just, Hasn't done it to anybody this year. Well, the trend's continuing for Florida. Shouldn't be. I think if you're taking some correct steps, that trend should have been continuing for Arkansas, especially with the situation they found themselves in coming into this week. So who knows what the rest of the season holds. Still some more games to be played. I know this one does not give much confidence in upsets moving forward. You know, Florida can go on to win a game or two to finish this season, but look, that doesn't erase the operational sides that need to be fixed for consistency's sake. It would still be inconsistent given what we've seen this season, even with a win or two to finish this season. It's not erasing the mistakes we've seen. So, you know, Billy Napier says, you know, they look, evaluate everything. We'll take a big look at it at the end of this year. There's a lot to fix. A lot to fix besides just the roster, the young players on the field, getting experience, 
coaches can help those guys out a bit too. The margin for error, Billy Napier talks about it. Hey, very thin. It's very, yeah, it's very thin. It's very thin for the coaching staff as well. But no, this is not a fire Napier or anything like that, but things have got to get better. Things have got to get better. That's for every part of this organization. Just not in a good spot right now. And look, if you are happy or, I guess, content with that because of some standards or certain situations, okay. I don't think everybody has to be. And I know that brings up, you know, there's a lot of different angles. I've taken the angle with the OC talk a lot. Does he need an OC? Yep. Another reason he needs an offensive coordinator, basically because I keep going back to all this operational stuff. He doesn't have to have his head so much in the play calling duties. He can take a wider view and all these mistakes that we're seeing, hopefully can remedy, them, remedy themselves. Fix themselves. Hey, you still got games to play this year. Do what you can. Figure out what you can so those things do not creep up. And we just talked about the margin for error against Arkansas. Okay, what's the margin for error against LSU in Missouri, in Florida State? There is none. None whatsoever. All right, so I won't go through all the stats like I normally do in a game review and all that, but went through, I think, what I had was just some key stats to go through here. I mean, I just find it unreal. And Billy Napier even talked about it this week, is trying to find that market consistency. I asked him at SEC teleconference on Wednesday, what he haven't, what he hasn't seen in the first two months of the season that he wants to see in the last month of the season. And it was the consistency. Well, your defense finally came around, sacks, tackles for loss, and still unreal, let Arkansas get a season high of offensive production. Oh, man. That stings. That stings. Now, I mean, guys, it's tough. This was supposed to be the win to get bowl eligible. Now LSU. We'll see Jaden Daniels. I was just watching the uh, Bama LSU game before. Went live here. Of course, he went out with a concussion. That's not going to change my pick whatsoever. I don't. If Gus Meyer is the starting quarterback for LSU, they should still be favored. They will be favored. I will be picking LSU. I may not pick them as much, but I don't really know what that line means. <laughs> so, um, but you know, we'll see. That'd be plenty of the storyline of his status for the game. You know, how much did they put in that game? What did they have left in the tank? But it doesn't really matter. I mean, they are a better team than Florida. Florida's not going to LSU and win that game. 
Missouri took it on the chin versus Georgia, but played Georgia really good, really tough. And then Florida State beat Pitt to keep their undefeated season going. So, very tough way to finish the season for Florida. That's why he needed this one versus Arkansas. But Florida goes down in overtime, 39-36. All right, that'll do it. Kind of the reaction here, reaction episode. There's some stings. Kick to the gut. Maybe find something, some magic to end the season. But we'll see. All right, everybody. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC at Gators Breakdown. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.